Lucrative Super has been a proud partner of the PFA since 2009 and offers PFA members the opportunity for one-on-one consultation and advice on your super at no additional cost. With Lucrative Super, you're a part of an industry super fund that's been providing solid, long-term returns and excellent service for the past 40 years. We care about giving back to our community. Lucrative Super, working for a better future. It's great to have Claire Quayle with us, the goalkeeper from the Newcastle Jets and a criminal lawyer. I don't know how she does it. We're just having a good little chat off air about it, Claire. But um, firstly, thanks for jumping on the podcast with us. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's awesome to have you on the Footballer's Voice. It's been great to get an understanding of some of the players that are playing in the W League or the A League. Um, and trying to understand what they're doing outside of football. And I must admit, I went and had a look at your your LinkedIn profile just before we did this interview. Um, And I can see seven and a half years or roughly in the system with the Newcastle Jets. Um, But then clearly the standout item in that list or that CV was the fact that you're a criminal lawyer as well. Um, You said to me you don't know any better, but I'm trying to figure out where you find the time, Claire. Yeah, I um, moved out of home at... 18, two days after I finished school and did one W League season over that sort of summer break and then got accepted into university and uh, moved straight on to college. So I was juggling full-time law and social science degree. So I did a double degree, um, you know, living on college with a little bit of a party lifestyle was (laughs) hard to be disciplined. Um, and then training as well full-time and, you know, moving out of home. So it was a lot to juggle and it still is, um, but time management is probably my best asset, to be honest, and um, a forward-thinking approach. So I kind of every week look ahead as what needs to be done and um, I love a to-do list and just ticking things off each day and, try and get as much of it done as possible, but rest days are also my favourite too. I had a good chat to Stefan Mork on the last episode and we are talking about the inner game journals that he's put together and just how important it is to take that journal every morning, every afternoon, set some goals and some achievements and a lot of players have come out and said that it's vitally important to do that. Um, I can probably tell from what you said there that's something that you're also very savvy with or something that you put a bit of time and effort into every day just to ensure that you, I guess, you maximise all the time that you can get in your day given that it's, I guess, it's limited. Yeah, I'm not huge on the journaling and things like that. but I'm Poor Stefan. No, yeah, I'm not into that sort of stuff. I'm more into the dot point lists of what needs to get done. But it is similar in in terms of getting the outcomes there and, um, you know, it just makes also when you tick something off, you've achieved something, you know, start with something easy for the day or just get into it. Um, it sometimes is tiring by the time you get to training, but, you know, I haven't known any difference. So you kind of just keep doing it. One thing that's been interesting and it's come up quite a lot in the last, even the last six to eight months, I've been having various conversations with uh, either current athletes, uh, ex-athletes, even coaches that have been in and out of these high, you know, pressure professional environments. And one of the biggest things is the mental health aspect of some that have transitioned out of the game and really suffered and had a bit of an identity crisis. 
what you're doing with your career, obviously juggling football, but also going down this legal path and building a really strong career for yourself at a young age, it begs a question for those that don't try and create something after football, um, is it clear and obvious that they're, you know, potentially running the risk and it's, you know, it is unfortunate we see so many people come out and they struggle with the transition. Um, how much of an advocate are you for people just ensuring that they have a balance and they're doing something outside of something that they love, uh, which is playing football? How important is it to have the other side locked down? Well, firstly, I think it it's probably one of the most important things, even whilst you are playing, um, you know, Sport in general never really goes your way most of the time. There's more lows than highs. And so having something that is a separate outlet, you know, that may be going your way at the time or just something to focus on a little more when things aren't going well in sport, I think creates a balance. But also I'm very much about creating individuals or being an individual that's holistic in nature um, never just going all in on one thing. I mean, I was raised by teachers. So for us, you know, the rule growing up was if we didn't apply ourselves at school and that wasn't meaning that we always had to get A's, but if we weren't putting in the effort in that department, then sport was the first thing to go. So they taught us balance really well and that's carried on into my, you know, careers now. But I think in the criminal law world, there's such heavy material and, you know, quite intense days that I have in that thing, in that occupation that then going to kick a football and, you know, often be hit by a football and make saves is one outlet. But, you know, if that's not going well at the same time, I can really throw myself into law the next day and, you know, at least have that balance. But I try and say, especially with the Newcastle set up because we've got the academy, you know, I will go and train with the younger goalkeepers often or at least do some mentor stuff with them and I'll always check in on how they are going at school or, you know, what their favourite subjects are or if they're going into that year 10 to 12 pathway, whether they're really genuinely thinking about what subjects they're wanting to do or wanting to you know, go into when they're older. And I never say to them, you know, university is the only option. There's plenty they can do out there, but I always suggest to them to have that backup plan because sport, you just never know when it's going to end. You know, a new coach might come in and not want you. An injury might happen. There's all sorts of things. And Mm. I think with the pandemic when, you know, I lost football for a little bit, but I also wasn't in court and I – essentially wasn't really practicing as a lawyer for a while and I was just doing emails you know I didn't have too much at all and it made you realize that having something outside of all those things is really worthwhile um and I'm sure you know I'm not saying just because I've now got this other career that retiring will be easier I think it'll be helpful but you know taking football once I out once I retire Definitely will be a transition, but it'll be an easier transition for sure. On the whole, do you think footballers are still a little bit complacent? I know that the PFA have put in some incredible programs and education grants and they're constantly trying to ensure that players are looking to integrate that balance into their life. But do you think 
And on a whole, there is maybe still a level of complacency. You made a really good point. It only takes one incident. You can your career can be taken away from you uh, with a bad injury or 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 something of a severe nature. That's a distinct reality for any footballer that works on walks onto a football pitch. So in a sense, it's pretty precarious. But I don't think many footballers probably look at it that way. What would you say to that? I think there is a level of complacency and. And don't get me wrong, I think to be an athlete, you need to have the mindset of if you're going to do something, you do it properly and you go all the way in it, which is, you know, you don't enter the professional athlete world to do it half-hearted or, you know, go half-half on things. And I definitely haven't, but I've definitely had to sometimes make sacrifices in football and law to try and balance them both. But I think... In the female sector at the moment, there still is that need definitely um, for just having that backup. I mean, males as well, but the finances still at this time, you know, you need to have something else there. But I just think in general, it's something good just to keep your mind going on different things, but creating more well-rounded individuals that have some more I mean they're not marketing or attractive marketing wise but to show those younger generations that we're athletes but we're also you know people who have success in other areas as well. Definitely can you speak to us about the University of Newcastle's elite athlete program Um, I know Julius Ross down there at the PFA made mention of it um, and said that it's a really impressive setup. Um, can you explain exactly what that program is and what the purpose of it is? Yeah, so uh, I entered that program in my first year of university. Essentially, any athlete that's on the meets the criteria um, is supported by the program. Tara Andrews and Hannah Brewer um, were also on that program. So any time that an assessment clashed with training or, for example, the most time I used it was where the load of training was high during a pre-season or during season and my assessment timetable was quite intense and it was often where I just needed that extra few days, an extension essentially to complete the assignment um, and the teachers were really always on board with it because it wasn't like I was getting an advantage above the other students because when they would go home after classes to complete these assignments, I was going to training and it was just making up for that sort of lost time and balance. Um, But it also meant we could get things done without feeling the complete pressure or doing a poor job of these assignments where we could actually do better with just that little bit more time. In saying that, I didn't use it too often. Um, There's probably once or twice where my exams clashed with a game and I just did them on another day. And then they also gave us gym memberships to uh, the forum at the university. So that was also really like between classes, if you know, you couldn't get up early morning to go to a gym session, but you had an hour or two between classes on campus, I would just go and do my gym session then. So it was a very well-rounded program. Um, and I, yeah, I loved it and I was thankful for it because it just made things that little bit easier when you needed it. 
And just to wrap up, we spoke about it earlier, but we didn't talk specifically about your place of work and maybe the day-to-day and what you're doing there. But Mandy Hull, um, I believe, is the firm. Um, you're, a, you're a solicitor, you're a sports agent, uh, very impressive for someone your age, as I said, who's juggling football as well outside of uh, your professional career. Um, can you just speak about it in a little bit of detail for us? Yeah, so I started with Mandy in my third year of university in 2017. Um, I just started as a clerk, so like a paralegal essentially. Um, Mandy's a sports agent for NRL players Um, and so it was kind of a good match because she likes her sport, I liked criminal law. Um, So I was just working for her. I did my prac hours with her during my final years of university And then in February last year, I was admitted to the Supreme Court of New South Wales as a solicitor and uh, I only ever wanted to work in criminal law. The corporate world and commercial world bores me to tears. So um, I now, so since being admitted in February, I run any local court hearings, sentences, um, district court trials, any traffic matters. Um, So I'm in court quite a bit and then in the office preparing, phoning clients, doing jail visits, um, everything involved in the criminal world. It's full on, it's entertaining. Mm. Um, It's sad at times as well, but it's something that I find really rewarding to help those who are in a really vulnerable position and I know you know, I often cop a bit of slack from the team because I'm a defence criminal lawyer and they often wonder how and why I defend criminals. But at the same time, you know, these are individuals in our society who deserve and have the right to legal representation and it's not about just getting somebody off. It's making sure that, you know, they've got their day in court and the evidence and all the law is met Um so I, I do find it really rewarding and and it's something that my clients, you know, when their case is completed that they're satisfied with the outcome or understanding and, you know, have some insight into their offending behaviour and that, you know, sometimes we see them again and sometimes we don't but it's an area of law that I am passionate about and want to stay in for quite a while now. What's more intense, courtroom or the football field? Uh, I think, <laughs> to be honest, sometimes the courtroom because yeah. you just, at the same time, you don't know what shots are coming at you on the of football course, field, yeah. but you don't know what um, curlies are going to be thrown at you from the witness box or, or the magistrate or judge as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the fun in it is and the challenge is being able to think on your feet and that's the same with goalkeeping is seeing a problem and having to quickly fix it as best you can and sometimes in law and most of the times in criminal law things pop up that you just didn't even know about till the day of court. You've just got to get on with it, figure it out and proceed the best way possible. Yeah. So they do sort of go in hand, hand in hand with problem solving. Well, they do. You're trying to bail out your clients and then you're trying to bail out the back four for not doing their job. So. It is, yeah. it is very similar. Well, Claire, it's been amazing to talk to you. Uh, honestly, I, I don't know how you juggle it all. I'm struggling to just, um, you know, keep a little production company ticking over, but um, you're doing all sorts of things. So 
it's um it's really refreshing to speak to someone like yourself that again has reiterated just how important it is for footballers to have that balance in their life. So hopefully if there's a few of them listening throughout the PFA network, um, they can glean some some really good advice from yourself um, because I think you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you. I uh, best get back to work now. Beautiful. All right. Thanks for jumping on, Claire.